Welcome to the Wins and Losses podcast. It is August 2nd, and there is a lot to talk about. We got the NBA Finals. Russell Westbrook traded. NBA free agency starting up today. Then my OBX Season 2 review. First of all, let's start off with the NBA Finals and the Milwaukee Bucks won it all. First of all, they played amazing throughout the playoffs. Um, I called it. Giannis had an all-time finals performance and, you know, playoffs in general. In the playoffs, he averaged 30 points a game, five assists, 12.8 rebounds. And then in the finals, he stepped it up, averaging 35.2 points per game. So amazing, amazing performance by Giannis. Um, it's, It's really fun when you're watching a game, such as like game six, and you think and you realize, I'm watching history right now as he's scoring 50 points in the finals closeout game. That was just, well, that was an amazing performance by him. It's really cool when you watch that live and you realize this is history. Um, but let's not act like they had the hardest run, right? They played an injured Nets team in the second round. And, you know, if Katie's foot was one inch farther back, the Bucks are proud. The Bucks aren't winning the finals. It's you know, the Bucks aren't in the finals, so that's number one. Um, if Harden's playing a hundred percent, because we all know Harden wasn't a hundred percent in those games he was playing, he didn't look good. He wasn't scoring the ball as well as he used to. If he's a hundred percent, the um, excuse me, the Nets are winning. If Kyrie Irving is playing in the series. The Nets are winning. So let's not act like, you know, the Bucks had a difficult, you know, the hardest run ever. But, you know, at the same time, they did have to play an Atlanta Hawks team without Giannis for two games, even though the Hawks didn't have Trey Young either. It's still hard and difficult to play without your best player on the team. And, you know, in my opinion, the Hawks are deeper than the Bucks, So that was impressive, the Bucks winning that series, those last two games. Um, they also have to play the Miami Heat in the first round. Let's remember, the Heat beat the Bucks in the bubble last year. So they had to fight off some demons in the first round, and they did it convincingly, winning in four games. And then in the finals, they had to play a hot Suns team. That Suns team rolled through the Lakers, albeit the Lakers were injured, but they rolled through the Lakers and then they rolled through the Nuggets, albeit the Nuggets did not have Jamal Murray. They also rolled through to the Clippers, albeit, you know, the Clippers did not have Kawhi Leonard. So maybe, you know, the Suns finally met an opponent that, you know, was basically full strength, albeit Giannis maybe being hurt the first two games or so. But still, that Suns team was hot. Um, Devin Booker was playing unbelievable. So, you know, that was difficult in the finals to get over them. Going forward for the Bucs, however, it's going to be pretty hard to repeat next year, in my opinion. The Nets are going to be fully healthy next year. You're going to get a fully healthy KD, a fully healthy Harden, a fully healthy Kyrie. Um we got to wait and see what they do in free agency, but they're going to be fully healthy. And then the Lakers... They're going to be back with a healthy AD, a healthy LeBron, and now a newly acquired acquired Russell Westbrook. And, you know, that Westbrook trade 
it's certainly strange, in my opinion, for the Lakers' side. It may work out well, but it's definitely strange, in my opinion, for the Lakers. First of all, they got rid of their best three-point shooters when three-pointers were their weakness last year. And Russell Westbrook cannot shoot the ball well. Kuzma was 36% from three last year. KCP was 41% from three last year. And then you bring in Russell Westbrook, who's 31.5% from three last year. So it's definitely odd that they got rid of rid of their best two shooters when that was the defining weakness for them in the playoffs, that they couldn't hit the shots when they needed them. Westbrook is also very ball dominant, so it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. For the past two years, LeBron has been taking less shots per game, and he's become more of a point guard in a way. So now bringing in a point guard who's very ball dominant is going to be very interesting. Um, I, I I personally would have preferred if the Lakers did the Kuzma Buddy Heel trade. I think that would have given the Lakers the dynamic shooting guard that they've been looking for. Um, Healed last year averaged 16.6 points and 39.1% from three. I, I think that would have worked out well. If they got healed and Schroeder back instead of bringing back Westbrook. But, you know, we've got to wait and see what happens. You know, the Lakers, they're still going to be a top three seed in the West next year. So I shouldn't be acting like it's, it's over for them. They're still going to be good. Westbrook's, you know, he's going to bring um, – he he's going to bring some fear fierceness to a Lakers team that looked weak at times last year. Of course, you got Anthony Davis who fragile as ever. And you got LeBron who, you know, he's not, you know, you can say, but you know, LeBron isn't always, you know, this mentally strongest player of all time. He has walked out on games early so I think, you know, Westbrook, he's going to change that around. I don't think, you know, even though it is LeBron's team, I don't think Westbrook's going to put up with that. And I think he would call him out if LeBron tried to pull that. Um, on the Wizards' side, however, um, I do not enjoy them bringing in Kuzma. I feel like Kuzma is a game flow stopper. Um, if you remember game six of the Suns-Lakers um, series, this past year, the Lakers were down 20. Then they brought it down to 15. And then they brought it down to 10 points. And then Kuzma got into the game, had two awful possessions. And then the Lakers lost their flow and their momentum. And then the game was over. I just feel like Kuzma, he makes bad decisions all the time. And he just, he, he stops the flow of the game. I do like these, um, the addition of Montrez Harrell, but how will that affect Gafford? Um, you know, Trez tended to clog the lane at times for LA, which did cause him to lose minutes. Um, I I love the KCP addition. It gives them the solid 3 and D player they haven't had since Otto Porter. So I think that was a pretty good move for them. But at the same time, now they have a giant hole at point guard. Um, no Westbrook, that's gone. Ish Smith is a free agent, same with Wild Neto. So got to see what they do there. And they didn't select a point guard in the draft. What they did, what they did do, however, um, they drafted Corey Kispert from Gonzaga. And um, eh, 
I, I like that pick. Um, he, he's a really good three-point shooter, and you can start to see what Tommy Shepard's um, doing, trying to surround Beal with shooters. You got Bertans now, um, made the trade a couple years ago, then re-signed him last summer. Um, now you got KCP, of course, and now you got Kispert. So I do like that pick, but you got to address the point guard of free agency. And speaking of free agency, it does start today. So I'm going to name a couple of the point guards that the Wizards could acquire in free agency. And then I'm going to go through the top few players in free agency for the summer and then make my predictions as to where they're going to land or stay. So for the point guards, the Lakers could acquire in free agency. Now, first of all, we got to know the Lakers do not have, you know, a grand amount of cap space. They have a, you know, they have a, a fair amount of cap space, not too little, but not too much. So being logically being, being logical, here's five or so point guards. I think the Lakers could bring in to have starting for them next year. Um, I do think Dennis Schroeder is a player they could bring in. However, it does depend on what Schroeder is looking for and asking for. Um, last time we checked, he was looking for $100 million and over from the Lakers. So, you know, if he, if he brings his demands down to around, you know, 12 million a year or so I, I i think the wizards could work out a one or two year deal for him um mike conley also um again it depends on what he's looking for though if it's if it's over you know if it's over 16 million which it probably is then you probably can't bring him in and it'll probably you know we'll see what happens with him um on the lesser side though you got Patty Mills. Um, he can create his own shot. Great three-point shooter, of course. So we, you know, if we're going with the pattern that we see Tommy Shepard doing with surrounding Beal with shooters, Patty Mills for sure could be an option. You also got Corey Joseph, who is a veteran at this point in the um, league. He's been around for about eleven years now, so. He's made his way around the league and he's stuck around and um, he could definitely work. And then, of course, you got Derrick Rose. Now, you know, could Derrick Ro Rose, you know, he could be going back to Chicago. So that's definitely one of the strong rumors. Um, but, you know, if his asking price is fair enough, I think, you know, him and Beal, Plus Rui and Gafford, I, I think those could be a very good starting four. And then you got, got to add one more guy, whether that be Harrell or KCP. I think that could be a good lineup. So interesting to see you there. Um, and now time for my predictions. So first player is Kawhi Leonard. Um, I think he's going to stick with the Clippers. Um, there's no indication he wants to leave like a couple of years ago when he joined the Clippers. Um, you know, you see Dallas being floating around there, but I, I just don't see it. Um, no indication he wants to leave. And, and, and fair, you know, there's not really a reason for him to leave. You know, they haven't, you know, they've surrounded him with good players. Um, 
Los Angeles, of course, is his is his home. Um, technically, San Diego, but you know, California is his home, and um, yeah, just no reason for him to leave. Um, second player is Chris Paul. Now, you know, Chris Paul is an interesting one because before the Westbrook trade, I would have told you I think Chris Paul might be going to LA, but after the Westbrook trade. I think staying in Phoenix is pretty likely. Now he did opt out of his $44 million um, player option. He had um, must be nice to decline that much money, but um, he did decline that, but I think he's just looking for a longer term deal. He is getting up there in age. So it would be nice for him to have that security. So I think he's just going to re-sign with the Suns for a longer deal. Mike Conley um, talked about him earlier. I think he's going to go back to Utah. There really hasn't been any rumors of him going elsewhere. Um, you know, no reason, just like Kawhi, no reason for him to leave. Um, Kyle Lowry, though, I think he's going to the Heat. Um, recently, there's been tons of reports of him um, joining the Heat. Um, you know, the Raptors are obviously um, – it's 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 a new era for them drafting um a point guard in the draft um you know i just don't think um you know the raptors you know need him back next year and you know the reports have been the heat plus it's an upgrade from dragic for the heat so i think the heat will be the landing spot for Kyle Lowry now another player i expect going to the Heat, is DeMar DeRozan. Now, another player I originally thought would go to L.A. With the addition of Westbrook, I don't think it's likely. I think he will reunite with Lowry in Miami and join forces with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Um, next player is Victor Oladipo. Um, this, is, this is a tough one because... He declined a $40 million extension earlier this season only to get injured again. And that definitely dropped his value. And, you know, I just, there's nowhere else for him to go except for the team he was last on. So I think, you know, most likely he's going to be going back to the Rockets, but there is a chance he, he, you know, it's possible he could go to the Lakers, and that would be pretty interesting. But I think, you know, the team he was with last, you know, just I think he's going back to the Rockets. And he could possibly be a free agent for a while, you know. He's one of those guys that could be, like, sitting around for a while, just waiting, seeing what happens in the league, waiting for, like, training camp to see what team's needs are and try to gain leverage there. But, yeah, Rockets. Um. The next player is Dennis Schroeder. Now, the Pelicans need a point guard after trading Valanciunas and um, after trading for Valanciunas and um, trading um, Eric Bledsoe. So, I think Schroeder um, going to the Pelicans would be a fit there. Plus, returning to the Lakers for him isn't likely after the Westbrook deal, and you know, most likely he's going to drop his demands. Um, for money, you know, it's just way too high after his playoffs performances. So I, I think Schroeder to the Pelicans. And the last player 
is Lonzo Ball. I think um, the Bulls need another point guard other than Colby White. And um, there have been rumors, of course, that have indicated Chicago as a possible destination. Plus, it is a big market for Lonzo. Um, not sure if he deserves the big market attention anymore after, you know, not being the player that he was branded as going to be and his brother Lamelo being a better player in the league than him. But um, yeah, that was a strange tangent, but yeah, Lonzo to the Bulls. And um, now I'm going to segue over to my Outer Banks review. So Outer Banks season two, I did not think it was as good as the first season. Um, I think the season was much less believable. Um, just, you know, it, it was, you know, I'll get into why. Um, but I did think the actors of Rafe and Ward and Sam or Cameron were really good in this season. What wasn't good, however, was the CGI. Now, there was a couple times where the CGI was laugh laughably bad in this season. There's a scene with an alligator. Um, it looked pretty bad. Of course, there was an explosion that did not, you know, it wasn't the worst effect, but that one also didn't look that good. And then there was one where something was falling on a character and I just, it just didn't look the greatest. And the CGI, you know, it pulled me back sometimes. And I, and I was just like, wow, did they really just put that in there like that? What was the budget spent on? And now is the spoilers section. So if you haven't watched it yet, don't listen to this part. But um, as I said, it wasn't believable. Um, the reason for that is nobody dies or ever gets seriously injured. And that just makes the show much less believable. John B. somehow survived the alligator death roll. And then he was running a couple minutes later. It was it, it was odd. That, that pulled me back. Sarah Cameron was shot and then was running later. And then, of course, you know, Ward in the boat. That was pretty dumb. I mean, come on. I don't know why the writers thought that would be a good idea. A fake out like that where he has scuba gear and that's how he gets out? What? That made no sense. He was just on top of the boat and he was like, he walked in and it was like five seconds and then all of a sudden it exploded. And you're telling me he put the scuba gear that on so fast and then jumped into the water before the explosion? I, I just thought that was dumb. And then he got John B's dad somehow being alive. Where did that come from? That came out of left field. There was no indication about that at all. Like what? That was, yeah, I didn't like that at all. And, you know, what made Avengers Infinity War so good was that the main characters, they faced consequences and they lost. Half of the population died. And here it seems like the writers are afraid to hurt the main characters. Like, gosh, it really irked me. That that really irked me. And, you know, speaking of Marvel, I'm really tired of waiting for the Spider-Man trailer. We're four months away from the movie, and all we received was three set photos and the name of the movie. Like, 
come on. Come on. I'm really tired of waiting. And Sony had the audacity to release another Venom trailer. Like, I don't know. I, I don't think it's good marketing by Sony. Or maybe maybe it's just me being impatient and really wanting to see a glimpse of a movie that I'm really excited about. The most the movie I'm most excited about in 2021. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Um I'm also really excited for the What If series to come out. Um it's coming out August 11th. Um it's going to be an animated show which is different from Marvel. They haven't had one yet. I know um uh, Star Wars has had a couple animated shows and um people like them. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan myself. But yeah, I'm excited to see what if and how and if it will connect to the main MCU. So yeah, that's that. Um, our fantasy draft is Wednesday. We're going to be recording it and then posting it. It's going to be very exciting. Um, we got player rankings shows coming out after that. So that's going to be very exciting too. Um, lots in store for the podcast. So Thanks for listening and God bless.